is It's PR Darlings, a podcast all about the dark arts of public relations, publicity and all things media. Even now, you girls would know, there are still people who will say, what is PR? I don't really understand how it works. I'm Greer Quinn from Forward Communications. And I'm Jo Stone from Sticks and Stones PR, and together we are your PR darlings. There is no point going out there going, you know, and we have all these bells and whistles and, you know, we're having a sale next week or whatever. No one cares about that. What they care about is what can your business do for me personally? Hi, you're listening to It's PR Darlings podcast, a podcast all about the dark arts of public relations, media and publicity. I'm Greer Quinn. And I'm Jo Stone, and this week's show is brought to you by the weird and wonderful word noddy, which is a TV term, so keep listening and we'll explain what that is. But just so you know, when it comes to a noddy, smiling isn't always appropriate. Oh, it just looks so bad if it's a serious story and they're smiling. Oh, it's awful. As well as breaking down the lingo, another one of the things we wanted to do as part of this podcast series is to introduce you to some of the great resources that can help you either do your job as a PR person better or help create a PR campaign that is worthy of coverage. Jules Brooke is the feisty, pink-haired, do-it-yourself PR maven, founder of Handle Your Own PR, the program and software platform that helps experts, startups and companies do their own publicity. A serial entrepreneur, she started out in newspapers, working in PR agencies overseas, and then moved on to start her own public relations agency in Australia with a focus on lifestyle and parenting. Jules is now hosting her own She's the Boss show, which every week features women in leadership positions sharing their business journey. She is amazingly generous with her time, her energy, and her experience, and has been a PR mentor for organizations like Business in Heels and Mamma Mia's Lady Startup Program. Thanks so much for joining Joining us on its PR darlings, Jules Brooke. Tell me, first of all, you've been doing this a really long time. What keeps you in the business of public relations? What do you actually love about it? I don't think that there is anything sexier than getting a client or getting one of your customers into the media and seeing the absolute joy it brings them and also what it does for their business. So I really feel like it's a great business to be in because the media is still incredibly sexy, you know, and it's just really exciting when you see someone interviewed or on the front page of a magazine or, you know, or inside a newspaper. So that you still get that buzz inside? A hundred percent I do. And because I now teach people as well, I get like a double buzz, the buzz that I've helped them and the buzz that of just watching their delight when they go, oh my God, I can't believe I've been featured. So good. So good. Um, and I love a startup story and you've been doing Handle Your Own PR for some time now. What motivated you to actually get that business started? Oh, what a really good question because it actually, I'm going to show my age, but it goes back to when the GFC hit last time. So I had um, an agency for about 15 years and during that time we did a lot of work with startups and small businesses and when um, Bear Stearns went down and the, you know, great financial catastrophe, whatever it was, hit in about 2009, loads of our clients just peeled off because they couldn't afford three, four grand a month. For, you know, we used to do three grand a month with a minimum of three months, which actually is lower than a lot of other companies. Um, but at the time, they were just peeling off. They were going, oh, my God, you know, I have to pay my mortgage. I can't possibly do this. So... I had been working in that mumpreneur space anyway, and I did. I was doing a Google search on mumpreneurs, and I came across 
a site in the UK where there was a woman, it was a parenting site, and a woman said, here are some parenting contacts. And I thought, what a good idea. And I remember speaking to my business partner and going, I reckon we should just teach people how to go to the media themselves. And she said, don't be crazy. All our clients will do it. We'll lose all our customers. And I said, I don't think so. I think we're just going to catch the people that really would just not be able to afford to do PR at all. And I knew that the media desperately wanted good stories and that there were all these businesses that had amazing stories to tell. So that's really where it started. And then so we did actually start the business by just selling media contact lists. Um, and I think the first price points for them were about $1,500, which I thought was really reasonable, you know, have a media contact list, do PR for it forever on the list. And we just had crickets. We had absolutely zero sales for the first three months. And we then we had a little, you know, moment where we went, actually, maybe we just break them down into smaller lists rather than making them cheaper. And because, you know, we were selling maybe 1,500 names for $1,500. So we went, oh, well, why don't we sell 30 names for $30, that kind of thing, um, and started it. And then in 2017, I had another light bulb moment, <laughs> having met a guy who was in digital marketing, and he said, why don't we build a platform where people can actually go on and run their whole campaigns online? And I just was like, oh, my God, is that even a thing? Um, and he told me it was, and, and off we went, and it ended up costing shitloads more, excuse the French, uh, shitloads more than I thought it would, and it took months and months and months longer than I thought it would, but I'm so glad I did it because it really is pretty much the only one in the world for business owners to sort of step them through the process. I love it. I think it's wonderful. How did you get people to actually come on board with it? Like what was the actual marketing plan and the launch? Because it's a bit chicken and the egg, isn't it? You've got to get the contacts in there for people to come. Yep. Um, really good question, Joe. And guess what my answer is? PR. Because I felt <laughs> like we couldn't advertise. We couldn't do anything like that, not with a name like Handle Your Own PR. So we went really, really hard on PR in the early days. And also, we initially started targeting those mumpreneurs who were our customers. And because they were all over social media, so Facebook in 2009 really started taking off with the mums. So we were very, very hard on social media, but it still wasn't easy. I mean, I remember doing posts going, we're going to set this up or we've just launched and people going, oh my God, this is amazing. Getting loads of posts, absolutely crickets again when it came to the website. So it did take some time. We did lots and lots of articles on PR and why you should be doing it and how we'd launch something different. At the time, there was only a woman in Perth called Sue Papadoulis who was teaching PR. And um, so there was a massive education campaign we had to do, which even now you girls would know, there are still people who will say, what is PR? I don't really understand how it works. So there's a lot of yeah. sort of education around that space. But I also think that these days people know that they should be doing PR, even if they don't understand what it is. Do you know what I mean? So it has oh, kind I of progressed a bit. And then it's the reason we're, we've been looking at doing this podcast and yes, doing the call brilliant. as well. Just, it's so hard and we spend a lot of time, I think, both of us in our businesses explaining to people um, exactly what PR is. That's right. And also what it can do for their business because they don't get it. They kind of go, they, a lot of people think that publicity it only involves celebrities still. Um, they think that you have to have masses of degrees in order to be able to comment in the media. Um, or otherwise they think, wow, I should be able to go to a journalist and just say, guess what, I've just launched a business and the journalist is going to go, oh, my God, can I sit down for an hour and find out about it? You know, so they just kind of don't get how it works. But one of my biggest motivations for teaching people was 
those clients that come to you that say, I haven't got much money, um, and, and I had loads of them because they were all startups, and I just want to be in Woman's Day 60 minutes and on sunrise. And if you can't get that, you know, I don't want to do it. And you just go, oh, my God, where do I start? Yes, so exactly. True. So true. Um, yeah. Now, Jules, you've already told us that you did actually use PR to launch your own business. Yeah. How important has it been for you? Um, yeah. Well, it, it is my everything. I mean, it's what it's it's absolutely everything. And really, the only I, I use social media, but I really use it to push out posts. So, um, I mean, push out clippings. So either I get published and then um, once I had a few customers, I started pushing out their success stories. And really, that is all I do. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people come to me and go, oh, my God, you're Australia's best kept secret. And I'm going, are you mad? It's everywhere. I feel like it's everywhere. But it just goes to show with PR, just like advertising or any other kind of marketing, you can't get one or two articles. You have to consistently be getting them constantly um, you know, one or two articles a month, every month for the life of your business, really, to start building up that awareness. So, um, yeah, PR is super, 100%, 150% important to my business. Doing PR now, you're actually still doing PR now, you don't stop after the launch? No, but I'm in the rather lovely position these days of a lot of people coming to me and asking me to do talks for their groups or... Um, to comment on things and I do absolutely stacks of podcasts and I do stacks of um, videos where, uh, well, podcasts and, and articles where I'm offering tips, you know, the five things that you need to do before you get started or, you know, why why photography is so important for PR, that kind of thing. Mm. So it's, um, you know, because it's a service business, obviously, what you're doing. Mm. So is it LinkedIn? What do you find works best for you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook advertising? Is it those testimonials? Because they're always really successful. Um, look, it's a, sort of a combination of all. So in the early days, it was definitely Facebook. I hated LinkedIn. I used to think it was like literally you'd open it up and just see ad after ad scrolling through with people telling you how great they were. Um, so I really kind of joined LinkedIn and Facebook, spent a lot of time on Facebook. So that's how we grew it. And then I would say about two years ago, I felt like we weren't getting much traction. When Facebook started, I'd spent nearly 10 years growing 4,000 people on my page and Facebook changed their algorithm and said, we don't want to do pages anymore. And I thought, oh, my God. Anyway, no. I, I jumped onto LinkedIn because people had been talking about it and I kind of treated it a bit like Facebook. So I push out all my success stories and I guess I sort of, We'll do photos of here's me having a coffee with someone, but it's something about business and I'm talking about their business. And it's absolutely gone off for me. It definitely is my biggest lead generator these days and it's definitely building up um, a lot of traction for me. Um, and I do put out the success stories. And what I ask, so I've got a closed Facebook group for my customers and when they get published, I ask them to post it there and then that I'll take it and push it out in my network. So I always then push it out through all the Facebook pages and the LinkedIn pages saying, you know, I'm so thrilled so-and-so's got the front page of this or got this radio interview or whatever, and that has worked really well. So and they're generating the content for you, technically. Yeah, exactly. And and then, you know, and I can tell the story of so-and-so thought that they couldn't do it or so-and-so um, was, you know, said that they couldn't write or their dream. I mean, I got a woman recently who had a side hustle through the pandemic of a cocktail subscription box that she was doing 
you know, in between her digital marketing agency. And she came along saying, all I want is the front page of M magazine. And I was like, it doesn't work like that, doll. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, she tried the first time. She was like, nobody responded. And I said, keep trying. And she was on the front page of M magazine about a month later. And she's gone from being super cynical to, oh, my God, I'm going to do PR all the time. So That's things like that make it all worthwhile. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Amazing. Um, and I love how you've touched on um, how you can repurpose articles or clippings that have been published elsewhere or been on the TV into your own socials. Um, how does how does that actually help businesses as well? Well, I actually, when I do my talks and things and in my courses, I have step six, which is called milking it. <laughs> and the reason is I go with PR, unlike any other type of marketing, it almost starts after you've been published because of what you can do with it. So I always say to people, push it out through your socials. The algorithms absolutely love it. So they'll push out those posts a lot further. Um, I say put it up on your website, you know, and people either put it up in the sort of as seen in the media or they'll take those logos and put them scrolling across their screen. Um, I tell people to stick it out in newsletters. If they've got newsletters, they can blog about what it was like to try and get it and how thrilled they are to be in there. They can, you know, frame it and stick it up in their bricks and mortar store. There is just so much you can do with publicity in the media that you can't do with any other kind of marketing. I mean, as I say to people, what are you going to do with an ad? You might have spent a fortune having it designed and placing it in a magazine, but once that's done, what are you going to do unless you're going to frame it and stick it up on your wall? So um, publicity just gives you so much credibility and it's the gift that keeps on giving. So what do you reckon the key to that really great story is then? Is it like a good photo? Is it a good like story itself, a personal story? What is it? Um, yeah, I can't, I can't believe you're asking me this. I feel like I'm teaching you how to suck eggs because I, I know that you know the answers, but um, there's two things. So if you are doing product PR, then photography is absolutely crucial and literally you know the I've, I've worked a lot with um, a lot of journalists close up in my accelerators and um, I remember Emma Vigeon who was the editor of Real Living and the lifestyle editor for Woman's Day and she said if you send me a fantastic photo and your story is weak I will work with you to make the story work because I want that photo so badly. So I think that says it all in terms of the photography. Um, the other thing is that it is very important in other articles as well, because as I say to people, nobody, you'll never read an article anywhere that won't have a photo attached to it. And if it, if you don't give it to them, then the journalists have to go and find it. So, which is absolutely their worst nightmare. And I don't think any of us like doing that very much either. Um, so, yeah, so photography is super important. But after that, it's all about the story. And I think it's all about the human side of the story. So um, it used to be, uh, uh, there's two things, I guess. There's one is you can go out with advice and tips and you can, it's something that will help other people avoid making mistakes or help them choose something or just um give them more information about something. So that's one type of PR. But if you want a story that really will resonate with people, then you want to put you want to put human stories into it. So rather than saying, here are five tips, you could say, let me tell you the story about John. John did such and such, and this is how he made a mistake, and then this is how he got out of it. And you know, that that kind of way of, 
offering advice is really powerful as well. And yeah, I, people love stories about people, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I think that people don't realise is that there are so few journalists these days that are able to write stories that just going to them and saying, hey, I've got a story idea, this is what it is, just makes it really difficult because you're competing against a lot of people for one journalist's time. Whereas if you can write the article as if you're the journalist um, and hand it to them, often these days they will cut and paste and put that straight in because Mm. they just, you know, we've all seen what's happening with the media. And I think the demand for content is higher than ever. And yet the ability for people to write it when they're stuck at home and when they're on skeleton staffs is reduced. So I'm a big fan of people learning to write the the articles as if they are a journalist. Mm, And what are some of the common mistakes that you see? Oh, well, the number one mistake that happens time and time again, and remember again I'm talking about business owners, is that they write their articles as if it's an ad. So they think that their business is of interest to someone else. And I kind of am brutal to people when I'm teaching them and I go, no one cares about your business. They only care about themselves. So there is no point going out there going, you know, and we have all these bells and whistles and, you know, we're having a sale next week or whatever. No one cares about that. What they care about is what can your business do for me personally? So... um, I think the biggest mistake is that people go out going, guess what, such and such has just launched blah, 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 or has got this new capability as if anyone cares, unless you can pin it down to how it will help someone, um, the readers of whatever magazine or newspaper you're going to, or the listeners, then it's not going to be of interest. And that's what keeps getting rejected. And people think then, oh, PR doesn't work, like I've tried it and nobody wants it. But it's just about learning how to spin your story so that you come last. It's kind of, kind of counterintuitive, isn't it, for a business to mm. promote themselves by not promoting themselves, promote their customers or promote their expertise and then just do a little bit about themselves at the end if people want more info. Um, and, and I'd love to know your opinion about the media release. Do you think they're <laughs> useful? I think, like, I think it's great to have a media release because they can, it gives you all the great grabs, it gives you all the great quotes that you are really confident and happy to pass on to a journalist before you do the interview. Um, but do you think it's still worthwhile doing them? Well, Joe, the first thing I think is that the name is, is so I use media release all the time, but then people say to me, is it a media release or an article? And I go, well, it could be either. So I think I use the word incorrectly these days. Um, it's probably better to say a media pitch. But, I, yeah, I definitely think there's a place for them. Um, I think that every journalist is going to want the backstory. So even if you get on the phone and you sell your story over the phone or you do it um, in a short email, if they are interested, the next question will be send me the information. So your media release or your media pitch is the source of all that information. It's got, as you say, it's got the quotes or the research or um, whatever, kind of the overview of what the story is, I guess. And can you tell me a little bit more about your platform? I know it's a really important part of your program. How does it all work? Oh, what a lovely thing to ask me. So um, it's called the PR Engine um, and it's on the Handle Your Own PR platform um, website. And the way that it works is that you come in uh, and you name your campaign, that which is just, you know, for your own reference. And then you can build your own media contact list. And the way that I've done it is that you can click on, you know, 
business, news, news, home, lifestyle, whatever you want. And it basically, as you make selections, it opens up more selections underneath within that category. So you go through sort of three levels and then say whether you want magazines, newspaper, TV, radio, whatever, you choose the types of media. Um, and once you've selected those, you come to a media release template, which I absolutely love because it just it, it sort of formats everything in the right way. So you just drop in your logo, drop in your image, your headline, your body copy. There is a place for you to add additional photos if you want to show those. And there's also a little spot where you can add links to Dropboxes or research or whatever else you might want to put in there. Maybe you put your bio in there. Um, then you can send yourself a little test email and an email widget comes up that would be the email that would go out with the media release. So you can play around with it till you're happy with it. And then you go to a stage which is the sending stage and you get to see all the journalist details. So you see their name, their position, uh, their phone number, their email address, and you choose the journalist that you want to send things to. Um, when you're ready, you send it out. It goes out from your own email address so that you will get any responses from the journalist into your own inbox. Um, and then I created, which you girls will definitely appreciate, I'm sure, the follow-up stage. So anyone that you have sent out to will jump into the follow-up page so that a couple of days later, you can send a follow-up email if you haven't heard from the journalist to just check that they saw it. Um, and then I've got a page that's all about milking it and what you can do once you've actually got the coverage. Uh, and I've got, yeah, all sorts of the sort of little bits of help in there. There are videos on the pages that tell you what to do. And then on my website, I also have a couple of different types of courses, both of them online, but one where you spend a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with a journalist and one where you do it all on your own, you know, under your own steam watching videos and things. Because finding those um, contacts is really key, isn't it? Like you live or die by your contacts in PR. You do, you do. But I mean, I have to say these days, you know, with everyone moving around, I try and stay on top of it. We have a lot of automation that goes out asking the journalist details, but you would know every week we open the newspaper and they go, oh, so-and-so's bought so-and-so else or this magazine's gone down or whatever. So it's really important to me that I also put the phone numbers in there so that you can ring the media outlet. And if the phone number, uh, my theory is if somebody leaves their job, then normally someone else comes in and takes over that phone number. So, um, and you can ring and, and ask them. But if you, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to pay to use, you know, something like my PR engine, um, there is also the ability to Google and find and ring a media outlet and say, can I speak to, you know, such and such a journalist? But you're right, it is all about the contacts. And, and that's the thing that trips a lot of people up. Yeah, and I think with contacts, they're always moving about, even from one week to the next. So you have to always be quite agile with the way that you adapt if the person you normally speak to isn't there. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, as well as all of this, you also do a live TV show every week. She's the boss. <laughs> I do. <laughs> We're just wondering what you, what you look for in that show. Maybe some of our listeners or their clients might be a good fit. Fantastic. Well, I've got two. I've got a podcast. So where I've so she's the boss has sprung up out of the pandemic and the fact that I had a show on Ticker TV and it's all about female founders. Um, and on the TV shows, I'm looking for really extraordinary women who are really making a change in the world um, with their business. Um, and then on the podcast, I, I, I'm not looking for, I'm also looking for extraordinary female founders and, and women doing great things in business. So, you know, if you're the CEO of a business that's helping women or that's funding women or that's doing something 
extraordinary, then I want to talk to you as well. Um, but the podcast, I have a lot more um, availability. I don't know why, but I do. So um, podcasts I'm always up for. And again, female founders, women doing amazing things in business. And also, you know, I love a woman who's got a big network. Where do you stop? There are amazing women everywhere. The more I do this, the more I think I need to turn them into daily shows. But, um, yeah, you know, give me time. Thank you so much, Jules, um, for joining us on, on It's PR Darlings. You're such a powerhouse and we really appreciate all your time and, and effort and energy. And it's really terrific to hear about Handle Your Own PR and your journey in business too. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, both of you, for asking me. And also thank you so much for doing this because people do need to know about PR and somebody has been needed to do a podcast for a long time. So this is really needed and really fabulous and I will definitely be promoting it to all the people I'm working with. Now, each week, we like to give you a bit of lingo that journalists tend to throw around. To deliver, you really need to know what these are. Today's word is naughty. So when you do a TV story, you need video or pictures to cover the words, which might seem really simple, but a noddy is a really small piece of vision that's used in the editing process to cut between the sections of your interview or to show the journalist that the journalist is actually there and they're interviewing you in person. So the camera person might film you over the shoulder of the journalist and they don't want you to talk, you to talk at all. They just want you to nod, hence the name noddy. In the editing process, it will look like you're listening to the journalist, perhaps asking uh, you a question. And then they might ask you to have a little chat and film the journalist nodding and it looks like they're listening to you. So why isn't smiling always appropriate? Well, it depends on the story. Smiling when you're being filmed for a noddy and you're talking about something serious, the image needs to match what you're saying. If it's a lighthearted story, then smiling is fine. So that's what they mean when they say, we just want to get a quick noddy from you. Thank you, Greer. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Well, look, we've had an awesome chat to Jules Brooke on the show today. And if you'd like to know more about the Handle Your Own PR platform and the PR accelerator programs that Jules runs, we can highly recommend getting in touch with Jules and her team. So don't forget to tune in to She's the Boss. We'll put the contact details and all the socials in our show notes if you'd like to chat with Jules about being a guest on her program. So I'm Jo Stone. And I'm Greer Quinn. Join us next week on It's PR Darlings. Darlings.